Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Well, today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on the Employment Matters podcast, that's Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from all around the world who share with us important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're gonna be learning more about doing business in the beautiful country of Slovenia. I'm pleased to welcome the show, Anna Che, a senior associate at Ulichar Partners in Slovenia. Anna, it's a pleasure to see you again. How are you? Well, I'm very well, thank you, Peter. Excited to be here with you and chat to you about Slovenia and business environment and opportunities in Slovenia. Well, that'll be great. So. Typically, our audience wants to try and get just a general overview at the beginning, what the jurisdiction is like, the population, the economy. I've been to your beautiful country before, so I know a little bit about it, but a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, would like to get a better sense. Can you give us an overview? Yeah, sure. Slovenia is a small country located in the central eastern Europe that was part of Yugoslavia until 1991 when it became an independent state. Slovenia is a member of the European Union since 2004 and since 2007 member of the Schengen Area and Monetary Union, with euro as the official currency. It borders on Austria to the north, Italy to the west and southwest, Hungary to the northeast, Croatia to the southeast and south, and the Adriatic Sea to the southwest. Although small, it has a surface of a little over 20,000 square kilometers and a population of 2.1 million. It offers great landscape and natural diversity, so it is made of four major geographic landscapes, the Alps, the Dinaric Karst, the Pannonian Plains, and the Mediterranean coast. So consequently, it also offers three different climates, the sub-Mediterranean in the coastal area, the Alpine in the northwest of the country, and the continental elsewhere. So Slovenia's capital is Ljubljana. It is located right in the center of the country and was crowned as the European Green Capital in 2016, which is not surprising considering that Slovenia is one of the water-richest and greenest countries in Europe. Slovenia's strategic location on the crossroad of transport makes it an excellent base and entry point to the markets of the southeastern Europe and in particular to the Balkans region. If we talk about people, the main ethnic group are Slovenians, of course, There's, let's say, an important part of population above 10%, which consists of immigrants from other parts of former Yugoslavia. And we have two small protected national communities, Italian and Hungarian, by the borders with respective neighboring countries. Slovenia is a parliamentary democratic republic with a proportional electoral system and power divided into the legislative, executive and judicial branches. We have a civil law system based on the continental European law tradition. And I can say that regular court proceedings are still the most commonly used method of resolving disputes, although commercial arbitration has seen some growth in the recent years. The official language is Slovenian. It is a Slavic language similar to languages of other ex-Yugoslavia countries. But we can say that majority of Slovenes are also fluent in at least one or two foreign languages, most prominently, of course, languages of other ex-Yugoslavian countries, as well as English with a relatively high share of people speaking also German and Italian, in particular in areas close to the borders. So Anna, that's fascinating. What a beautiful country and certainly a great recap that you just gave us. But let's talk about industries in your jurisdiction. Tell us about that, if you would. 
So Slovenia has been a rather fast-growing and export-oriented economy with strong traditional ties with neighboring countries and a dependency on the European market. And we can say that altogether, the industrial sector contributes approximately 29% of the GDP, while the services contribute to well over 50% of the GDP. I can say that traditional industries such as agriculture, forestry, and fishing comprise a very low percentage, only around 2 to 2.5% of the GDP, while the main industries are manufacture of pharmaceuticals, car industry, in particular car parts and tires, electrical appliances, food processing, and ITC as the fastest growing industry in the country. I should also note that the majority of foreign direct investment in Slovenia comes from the EU, uh, most from Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands, while the majority of outpouring investment goes to the Balkans region over 70%, mainly due to traditional ties and knowledge of the local markets. Let's talk about employing locally in Slovenia. So I'm a company coming in from, let's say, from the U.S., and I want to employ locally there. Tell us a little bit about Slovenia labor relations. You know, do you have works councils or affirmative action? What are some of the key issues that uh, I need to know about coming into Slovenia? Well, yes, in Slovenia, labor relations are governed by the Employment Relationships Act, collective bargaining agreements, internal rules adopted by each individual employer, and of course, individual employment contracts. Certain specific issues such as operations of works councils, trade unions, health and safety at work issues, and similar, are of course governed by specific legislation or regulations. So what is interesting, employers do not need to necessarily set up a business or a branch in Slovenia in order to employ people. However, even in such case, they do need to comply with Slovene labor legislation. And I have to mention that such method of hiring is still not very common since it is associated with certain logistical and tax issues. For example, in such case, employees are the ones who are responsible for withholding the taxes and social contributions. And moreover, employers do need to keep in mind that they may be considered as having permanent establishment in Slovenia in such case. As for the hiring process itself, this is pretty straightforward and easy to carry out. But of course, there are certain obligations employers do need to observe, such as the obligation to publish vacancies, complying with the regulations against discrimination when hiring employees, adoption of certain health and safety and organizational documents prior to employment of people, and in principle, provision of health examinations to employers in order to establish whether the chosen candidates are able to perform the work under the employment agreement. One other important thing to point out for foreign employers is that in Slovenia, it is necessary to sign written employment contracts and register employees into, for mandatory social insurance. So foreign employers should also know that employment contracts, as well as into any internal rules, should be drafted in Slovene language. However, bilingual documents are allowed. Moreover, the use of fixed-term contracts is in principle an exception and may only be used in legally prescribed cases. Another important thing is that employers cannot freely choose whether they will engage individuals as employees or as freelancers. If work is to be performed under circumstances of personal dependency and under employer's instructions and supervision, the parties need to conclude an employment agreement. As for works councils and trade unions, they do not have any particular role in the mere employment process. 
but they do have an important role in connection with many other employer-related issues. So trade unions, for example, are contractual parties to collective bargaining agreements. In addition, they have an important role in relation to various issues concerning employees, such as mass redundancies, terminations, adoption of internal rules, health and safety, and so on. They are also traditionally the first point of contact for employees having issues with their employer. On the other hand, Works Council could be organized in companies which employees employ over 20 employees. And in case the employees decide to form a Works Council, employers may not hinder or prohibit employees from exercising such rights. And Works Council represents sort of an advisory body. The management of the company is obliged to notify and consult with on a number of issues, either in the field of business operation of the company, such as the sale of a company or its part, material ownership changes, closing down of a company, amendment of the management system, and so on. And of course, in the field of HR issues, then here again, we have mass redundancies, internal reorganizations, employment, position amendments, adoption of internal benefits, benefit policies on pension, disability, or health benefits. So they still have important rules and need to be consulted and notified in case of any material changes in the company. So, Anna, very thorough review of what the employee-employer relationship is like. But in general, would you describe the business climate in Slovenia as pro-business or more on the pro-employee side? What's your opinion there? Well, let's say that the business climate is pro-business since Slovenia offers a stimulating, stable, low-risk business environment. For example, starting a business is fast and simple. The governmental policy is aimed at developing a favorable tax system, low corporate tax rates, investment tax reliefs, attractive incentives supporting foreign direct investments, elimination of administrative barriers, as well as labor market flexibility. With all that being said, in terms of labor legislation, Slovenia is still a pro-employee country since the labor legislation still prescribes many obligations and conditions employers need to follow and observe in order to protect employees' rights, in particular to salary or to the existence of the employment relationship itself. So, for example, protection against unlawful termination. So it sounds like a bit of a mixed bag. Well, let's further that discussion and talk about cross-border opportunities. So I'm employing people. I've now got people in, in Slovenia, and I'm going to start to branch out and do business across the EU and, frankly, around the world. So fill us in a bit on the prospects for cross-border business opportunities in Slovenia. And also give us a snapshot, if you would, on the immigration standards. Is it easy to move in and out of Slovenia? Are there any special programs? Anything of that nature? Okay. So as I mentioned before, the majority of income and foreign direct investment come from the EU, while the majority of outpouring investments go to the Balkans region. In relation to immigration standards, Slovenia is a member of the EU and the Schengen area, so consequently nationals of the EU, European Economic Area and Switzerland have free access to the Slovenian labor market and basically hold the same status as national employees. But they do need to register their residence for longer stays in Slovenia, so for more than 90 days. Moreover, foreign employers from the EU, EEA, or Switzerland are still obliged to register the commencement of work in Slovenia at the Employment Service of Slovenia. On the other hand, foreigners coming from third countries who wish to work and reside in Slovenia, either 
for employment or self-employment will need to apply for a single permit, which is basically a residence permit and a work permit in the form of a card. As a general rule, foreigners will be issued a single permit only if there are no suitable candidates on the national labor market, but there exist numerous exceptions for different profiles of employees. For example, highly skilled employees, professionals, business visitors, foreigners of Slovenian descent, foreigners that come to Slovenia due to family reunification, then foreigners who have completed their studies in Slovenia, and so on. So such situations therefore need to be examined on a case-by-case basis. Well, that was a great wrap-up, Anna. Thanks so much for all the feedback. And folks, if you want to visit Slovenia and you want a great lawyer, you can check out Anna Che. I'm sure she'll be able to help you out there. Anna, thanks for your time today. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Anna Che, you can find her bio by clicking on her name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to on-demand content from our online library, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.